cigarette program with Tommy Dorothy. Season one, episode seven, Slough Radio. That's it, yeah. This is Adrian. Cigarettes. This is Mike, and we're going to play, well, a bunch of stuff. Put on some... Uh, Start off with something rad.
right, that was um, that was Kraut, called a song called Flossing with an E string. We're uh, getting into our hardcore situation here today. This is from a uh, Flipside Vinyl Fanzine Volume One. I bought this when I was in high school. I don't even know. I can't see what year it was, but um, do you remember the Flipside? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So I guess back in in the eighties, they put out you know fan vinyl fanzine. Flipside was yeah. a magazine. Yeah. Right? Or skate skate yeah. magazine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was skate. punk skate rock hardcore. Yeah, I had a I had a friend who was all into that. The guy was in my band, and he used to use a really good skater. He used to he used to uh, he ended up making sort of a jokey. Well, it was all joke. Uh, a skate uh, fanzine. In like the mid '80s, uh, called Lip Tricks, lip and I was tricks. like, That's "Why awesome is he? Name. Why is this called Lip Tricks?" I didn't get it at first, and then I realized, you know what he's talking about? Lip yeah, tricks. yeah, skateboarding. Yeah, on the on the lip of the. Uh, yeah, on the ramp or the. On the ramp. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> lip tricks. So, I, and I was like, hey. Speaking of skateboarding, today um, was the first day in like two months that the skateboard parks are open. Oh, because people were skating all over the Embarcadero and stuff yeah, anyway. Yeah, but now, yeah, but now, now the parks are open, so I'm going to go uh, back to the skate park tomorrow and do my thing. I still skate. You go to the skate park, yeah. Yeah, um, but, uh, yeah flip side, uh, Vinyl Fanzine Volume 1. This cool. is on the record label is... This is Restless Records. Number seven one zero nine nine dash one. We end up uh, talking about a lot of stuff we never normally would here, like skate. Like your skate, we never talked about your skating. <laughs> I mean, we've talked about the fact that you were a skater, uh, that you use skateboards as a weapon, that kind of stuff. Everyone did at one point, I guess. But right. but what about? Do I don't even know. Did you? Like, we probably have talked about. it. I just don't remember. Do you? Did you skate half pipes or or yeah, bowls? Yeah, I, I or still what? skate half pipes and bowls. Oh, okay. Yeah. you drop. You do. You can yeah, drop yeah, it. Do yeah. all the lip tricks. Everything. Yeah, I do lip you? tricks. Yes, I still do. Yes, you still do. I still Where? do. Um, Potrero, Potrero del Sol. Oh, right there, right yeah. there. Okay. There's an okay. awesome skate park. Wait, there. so you used to do all that crazy? You really? Uh, I nah, used. To, I used to do. Yeah. I used to be able to do aerials and stuff. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah. Man, that was like 15, 20 years ago, dude. Okay. You the know? only skating I did like that was I was never as into it as you were. It was like uh, when I was like 15, 14, 14, 15. And I had a friend who had a half pipe within walking distance, right? Oh, and that's so convenient. all those dudes, would, all the skater dudes in like the very mid 80s, 84, 85. I was by 86, I was done. But because uh, I wasn't that into it. But I couldn't, I never had any money when I was a teenager. And my parents didn't. Yeah, I knew with friends whose parents bought them nice skateboards or this or that. No way was that ever going to happen with me. So there is no, it just, uh, my no, dad man, I had to, I had to mow lawns. buying me anything at all, but especially not skateboards, you know. I had to mow but lawns. I had to trim the rose bushes. Yeah, I did all that stuff. You know, I had to, like, change the oil in the car, yeah. paint the bathroom. You know, that's how I got money I to buy skateboards. I didn't get money for yeah. that stuff. Oh, well, you didn't get money for that? Well, when I did, well. I, but not in my parents' house. No, what a hell no. It, but I ate dinner with them. But when I would, no, when I would, <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, that was my dad's line. I was like, pay you? Aren't you, haven't I paid you my whole life? You know. But one time when I finally got to mow lawns for somebody else, I mean, I must have been 12 or 13. Right? And I went and mowed these people's lawns. And my dad, uh, he once I got home with whatever minuscule amount of money, he took money, he took rental money for the gas mower. Whoa. Yeah. And he said, I'm, 
you know, I think it was like I got six or seven bucks, and he's like two dollars for the for the uh, two dollars for the rental and one dollar for gas. And I was like, Whoa. I was so pissed. He was Man. such a hard ass. Tax. And he wasn't, you know, he didn't need the money. He was just doing it because he wanted me to yeah, be teach like, you a you lesson, know, teach me some kind of lesson. Yeah. But it didn't. It just pissed me off. But anyway, <laughs> so I didn't have a skateboard that was any worth anything, right? And I had no money. I wasn't like, you know, I had a paper out there for a while, but. I think he made me save the money. I don't know. My dad is really. Wow. Anyway, but I did have enough to buy this crappy skateboard, just the deck, off this kid, Chris Staples. I remember him. Uh, yeah, I bought this because he, he was getting rid of it. That's how bad. He was like, oh, I got to get a new skateboard because he had either money yeah. or his parents or whatever. So all I could afford is this, like, really worn down, bare, just on the edges that were chipped up and everything. And I went to some skate shop and bought the cheapest stuff I could get, you know, trucks. And I was so inept at 14, 15. I was so insane. Like, I didn't even I didn't even know how to put them on. My, I couldn't even figure out how to put them on there. So my sister did it with me. I mean, she showed me how to do it. She's like, well, look, just do this. Yeah, I was so rad. mechanically uninclined. My sister was way more mechanically inclined. So we put them on there. And then I went down this big hill. And immediately, because it was so... Uh, crappy. It was such a bad board, and the things were on there so cheap and everything. I remember what they looked at everything. I went down this big hill, and you know when you start going, you got the back speed wobbles, speed wobbles immediately, and I could not stop. And I eventually jumped off the board to try to like run it off. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I took one step and flew headfirst into the middle of the road, and there yeah, was a car coming. That's the two-step tumble. Bash on yeah. my head. Yeah. And my head blew up. Like a balloon, and it was Jeez. like you know, my mom thought I had a. Uh, I didn't show her for a couple. Of days. I was scared, you know. I somehow got away, but then it started to feel really weird. I'd stick my finger, and it felt like there was this massive pressure. Like I was like, oh my god, because at that age I was like, you know, I think I was fourteen or fifteen. I was like, I didn't. I was like, I, I, I you know, I, I fractured my skull. Like I thought I could have walked so around. So that's for two what days. happened. Yeah, that explains a lot. That's why I got bald. Yeah, and and then uh, <laughs> and then she's like, what is that? And she put her, stuck her hand on it and everything, and it felt really weird. And I was, whatever, I could go on with this story. And I always ended up at my cousin's graduation party uh, for Penn State in college. And I ended up just sneaking out to this keg in the back uh, port, whatever, or this keg for all. It was like a family thing, all these you know, older people. So, and I was just like drinking beers and no one was watching. And it started to blow up bigger because the alcohol, you know what I mean? Like the blood flow yeah, really increased, yeah. and it started to bloat up. Like the top of my head was going. I had long hair, so you couldn't really tell that easily. But it was like, it was like, uh, it was um, uh, uh, inflaming, really big. And my mom was like, "What is that?" She kept touching it. It hurt like holy hell. So she took me to the doctor. And I went to the doctor, and he was like, "Oh, that's just like a hematoma. There's blood between your skull and your, you know, and your uh, skin there, and it's getting bigger and bigger. We don't want it to, to like calcify. It'd be bad, you know." So he drained it with a giant. Oh, I had to go God. back like three times to get it drained with this huge. Uh, syringe that sucks stuff out, you know, like, oh, like, a, like, a, like a baster or something. Yeah, oh it was brutal. God. And they're like, "No more skateboarding for you." But I did it anyway. I wow. went to the half pipe, and they'd get pissed. Well, speaking of brutal, uh, anyway, yeah. what was that that we listened before that? Oh yeah, yeah. Song? Okay, so that was government issue on the on the skate. Okay, look, we're playing a lot of hardcore these days. We're gonna keep playing metal. We're gonna play some metal today. It's just that we're going through our old hardcore collections. We don't want to offend any metal fans, you know. But that was. Government, government issue blending in from the Joyride album, one of my favorites from that period in high school. And I wanted to talk about this because uh, for two reasons. One is last time we did this show, uh, last week, we played our cover of Blending In, which is on the B side of the, uh, the Laser Enforcer 7-inch. Laser Enforcer and 
But right there, you got um, the original from uh, Government Issue. It's pretty badass. It's pretty great. I love that record because that record has a really, it's the first hardcore album I heard that had a guitar sound that heavy and that had a lead guitarist like that who did that kind of stuff. It was just right before, you know, metal started to sort of invade hardcore and vice versa. That this, you know, this album. album's called Joyride? Yeah. And Government Issue is a weird band because they're not a crossover metal band and they did not go in that direction of being like a thrash metal or a, or a speed core, whatever those names they came up with, you know, band at all. They were a total DC band. Um, but they had a lead guitar player who really did some great rock-sounding leads yeah. for hardcore. And I, I think I misspoke. Now, we are going to make some retractions or some redact redactations. Or, um, this album, uh, I Came said, Came out was in 1984 on Fountain of Youth Records. Yeah, Fountain of Youth Records. So there was, I mean, there was crossover hardcore at the time, but it wasn't yeah. really invading the hardcore scene with metal. I mean, there really wasn't much, you know, COC and all that stuff. They hadn't crossed over yet. Dr. No hadn't crossed over yet. You know, uh, something. I used to love, I still like this album. And I haven't listened to this album. I dug it up after we talked about Discord and after yeah. we talked about Rights of Spring last time. And I dug it up, and I have not heard this for at least 20 years, maybe 25. So, yeah, this is this song. Uh, anyway, this song's called For Want Of. And it's like, it kind of sounds when I listen back to it like stuff that I kind of sounds like stuff I didn't really like, but but I did like this song. What's I it do called? like this song. It's called For Want of by Rates of Spring. And it is apparently, according to a lot of people, emo can be traced back to this exact source. Oh my God. Meaning this exact uh, record and this exact song. So yeah. we go from like last week, we talk a couple last couple of weeks to talk about the Grateful Dead and stuff. Now we're talking about e emo. emo yeah, yeah, no, we talk about Grateful Dead for weeks. No. Okay. No, but I, you know, I'm not an emo fan, as you know. Okay, right to spring. Style, but right to spring for want of. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Free. But I woke up this morning with a 
Circle Jerks, American Heavy Metal Weekend. That's the uh, 12-inch version of that. that uh, the wonderful record. Yeah, from I the wonderful that. record. Yeah, yeah. It's a 12-inch single from it's that awful. album. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. That was the only song I liked on it because it was funny. You know? It's on Combat Core Records. This is the uh, 45 RPM 12-inch version. Um, this looks like it came out. 86? 1985. 85. Yeah, 1985 on Combat Core. Yeah, that's, you know, a, that's a good label. Combat Core had yeah, some good yeah, stuff, yeah, man. Yeah. When I was... When I was 16, when I, I had got that record, I could have sworn it came out in 86. I guess it came out in 85. Uh, it was in 1986. Uh, my band, Heart of Darkness, opened up for Agnostic Front on the Penn State campus, and it was the first time I ever saw, like, a huge amount of really scary skinheads in one room ready to kill me or anything that moved. Because, you know, Agnostic Front drew that crowd. I mean, there were skins coming in from... When I was 16, I was a drunken whore. Well, I... I didn't say I wasn't that, but I, you know, I, I was, I was, I was, 
this room full of skinheads. I mean, they drew a lot of people, and it was really cool from Philly, Pittsburgh, New York. Yeah, wherever. I used to go to those shows. And, you know, they all were dolled up in ways that I had not. You know, I'd seen skinheads, but I hadn't seen, like, you know, like 40 guys with the same, you know, they look like brown shirts or something, you know, with the same, like, uh, they all had the green jacket. Like, I mean, I know this is fashionable. We've all punks, seen this yeah. now. And the red docks, and they all had it exactly, the laces done yeah. exactly the same. And we're, they were all yelling. I don't know why. But in between our songs, they were giving us a bag of shit. They were, you know, they were, they were, I was a skinny little 16. They, they were heckling a little bit you, scary. Yeah. And they were yelling, wonderful, wonderful. They were talking about what? that record. Really? That had oh, come out man. relatively recently, but to that. They were going, wonderful. It was early 1986, I guess. And I was like, what? What? I knew what they were talking about. I was like, why do you guys yell on that? That album sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but they were scary. Yeah. I used to see the Circle Jerks like every weekend when I was a teenager. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we literally were. I mean, there was a couple of years there, like, you know, whatever, 87 to like 89, maybe, where they played in L.A. like every weekend somewhere, you know. I sell Circle Jerks in like Mexican restaurants. What? Yeah. Wait, what? Oh, yeah. Oh, but it was a hardcore show in a Mexican yeah, restaurant. Yeah, because they were trying to put on shows anywhere yeah. they could. And but so wait, that was how, could, how so old were you? I was like 15, tiny. 14, 15, 16. They broke up by know? the time you were by the time you were No, they were they were going for a while. They're they back together again. The they're very book, early 80s. They're booking shows. They got I, I thought they were done by like 80 or something like that. No, no, they were still going, man. They were still going. They put out, uh, was it Circle Jerks 4, that album? I guess they, oh, wait, well, that obviously that one. That's the one with. Later. Uh, yeah, I guess they kept going. Yeah. That's the one with, um, uh, uh, geez, I don't know. People I who saw them said they were the best live band they ever saw. Oh, they were fantastic, but man. We all thought that their albums weren't very good. I remember thinking, eh, Group Sex, eh, uh, Wild in the Streets, pretty lame. Like, my friends, guys in my band, all the punk dudes that I knew were like, State College were all like, oh, yeah, their albums aren't very good, but man, live, they kick some serious ass. Oh, they were all saying time. that. They'd seen them because they'd seen them on the East Coast. I was, I, I don't know, I'd never seen them. Yeah, but Big time, yeah. I used to see But yeah, we promised to play weekend, more man. metal next time. Sorry, kids. All this hardcore. This is what past. This is where we come from. As well yeah, as metal, are, we come from hardcore. These too, are our right? influences, really. Well, and I mean, that and Priest Maiden and Sabbath, you know, but yeah, yeah. Priest Maiden, Sabbath, uh, George a, Jones. A bunch maybe. of hardcore. You know. Well, yeah, sure. Like you know, Harry Belafonte, yeah. you know, the New Bomb Turks, all that stuff. All that you know. good stuff. But uh, we got this as well. You know. But this week, we actually have a really um, good segment. You know. We're bringing in the uh, Tringali Tyrant. Once again, we got the Tringali Tyrant. Tringali Tyrant. Oh. <laughs> the Tringali Tyrant is the name of this next well, segment. Let's get Tringali. We're going on the horn to, then, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're going to, um, since we're all social distancing. We're gonna Angelo's get Angelo on the phone, and he We're sent me ride the wind down to Monterey Bay. He sent me some records in the in the U.S. Postal Service mail. And uh, uh, speaking of social distancing and the COVID nineteen, today Mike and I are both sporting masks made by Maureen Shields at SC.com. You can SC.com forward slash shop forward slash Maureen Shields shop. You can get uh, handmade uh, face masks to uh, cover your face during the COVID-19. But next up, we have the Tringali tirade. Idiot at Trader Joe's took a bunch of bananas and threw it into the cart as opposed to placing them down gently, um, which really pissed me the fuck off. <laughs> I um, then began my work day. I drove to, um, to Monterey Disposal. I picked up their... Um, 
the deposit. I went to the bank. I did that. I drove around. Um, I finished my morning run probably an hour early, so I had like a two-hour lunch break. Dude, you're jogging now? Um, I, running, I read man. magazines. He's running like the wind. I, um, running like the wind. Yeah, man. Um, you know, and I just continued my day until about 5 o'clock. I came home. I had some uh, leftover tortellini. With some homemade red sauce. That's Angela's new band, Leftover Tortellini. Uh, Absolutely. Um, uh, uh, You know, a glass of wine and some salad. And um, I cleaned up and here I am. All right. Did you? So uh, we just played the Circle Jerks and Rites of Spring and talked about skating and skinheads and stuff like that. We promised to play more metal next week. But did did you? We were talking about the Discord label. Right to Spring. Do you, you don't remember them either, do you? Or do you? I remember the band name, yeah. Oh. The Trangoli Tyrant. You want to hear all oh, your okay. right-wing opinions? Yeah. So um, <laughs> the first song you have on your playlist, which, uh, thank you for sending the vinyl, is the Quicksilver Messenger Service, Pride of Man. Uh, why do you choose the song? Absolutely. Yeah. Why Why did you? Why are you playing Quicksilver Messenger? Like, you know, yeah, dipping, why are you choosing dipping the song? music on here, you know? We stopped talking well, about I, the Grateful I, I Dead cho- weeks well, ago. I, I was under the impression that I was sending records for a um, guitar uh, oh. hero, guitar god kind of um, episode. That was okay, last week, so man. That... We played Ingve and we talked about uh, Steve Marriott and Peter Frampton. Cool. We played some super rare hand awesome. tracks and stuff. No, we didn't do that. No. <laughs> and no awesome. fucking rave So, so I, I, I thought to send some Quicksilver Messenger service because I think that you know John Cipollina, one of the guitar players, is, is pretty pretty awesome. John Cipollina, where's he from? Yeah, he's definitely a good guitar player. Where's John Cipollina from? Quicksilver Messenger service were from San Francisco. I know that. And his younger brother, Mario Cipollina, yeah, was the, the bass player in Huey Lewis. Yeah, no, yes. I told you about how I used to go up there and he married my girlfriend's best friend. Pride of Man. This is off of the Quicksilver Messenger Service anthology on the Capitol label with the the orange uh, label in the center. And uh, here we go.
burst of psychedelia. That was some 10 years after, right? Hell yeah. That was Alvin, a... Uh, Alvin Lee. Song Did called you? I Woke Up This Morning, right? Yes, absolutely. On the Shh album. Actually, the one I'm holding here says Greatest Hits. Yeah, it's a Greatest Hits album. That song originally was on the Shh album. Well, this Greatest Hits album came out in 1975 on uh, Decca. Wow. Okay, yeah, it looks like a copy. Yeah. It looks like Jeff Fuller owned this Quicksilver album before you. Have you ever seen that in the embossed? uh... Oh, yeah, I saw that. Cool. I'm going to say this anecdote quickly. Uh, when you mentioned Joe Chip, Joe Chipolina, is that it? What's that, that now? His name was Joe Chipolina. John Chipolina. John his brother's okay. Mario. And his brother's Mario. That just reminded me that, because I was going to say, those guys are real rich kids from Marin County, right? Uh, who are, uh, well, I mean, they're older than us by a long shot. But, um, and well, that's yeah. why I, sa- I told you that... Um, when uh, John, Ch- uh, when Mario Cipollina got married to my girlfriend's friend, uh, they had it in Francis Ford Coppola's backyard. Um, <laughs> they, you know, they knew all these rich people up there, and I did this. I was 21, and you know, we got invited to this wedding, but Slaupeg had a show at the Sixth Street Rendezvous uh, that night. So I, oh man, when I was 21, I was a drunken whore. I didn't go to Coppola's backyard wedding. Because we had a show at the Sixth Street Rendezvous, which now seems like the stupidest thing ever, but at the time it seemed to make perfect sense. Well, you had to. I think I had to. I was well, such what, a what? arrogant bastard too. I don't need that, man. I'm gonna go, you know, play at some. My band's hole. really on. My band's really coming up now. Right now. Well, I mean, it, we're on the you up know and up. the Sixth Street we're Rendezvous. Playing, was? We're playing the Sixth Street Rendezvous. Do you what what do you remember about that show, Mike? Well, we played it so many times. I don't remember anything particular about that show. Nothing. <laughs> but do you remember that place? It's still it's still a music venue. They still play music. No. It's no, not it's one of those ones right down the street on 6th Street? Yeah, it's right there, but it's not a music venue. It was like some weird... I don't think it's anything now. It's like a DJ club. It was a, yeah, it's like a DJ club. It's yeah, really yeah, weird. yeah. All I remember is my, my girlfriend well, what, got back. What was I, that? We played, we played a venue on 6th Street a long time ago. What, what was that? We did? It was like some weird kind of art gallery or something like that? No, I think that was you the, remember the that? former 6th Street Rendezvous. Yeah, yeah, we no, did do a show there. No, no, no. Not, not you guys and me. No way. No, no, no. I didn't you remember gallery? the show I'm talking no, about? No, no, right? that wasn't the 6th Street Rendezvous. No, no, that was a different place. That yeah. was Yeah, I remember that place. What was that called? I don't know. It's still a, it's still a venue. Yeah, no, that place, that, no, that's the, that wasn't the 6th Street Rendezvous. I know what you're talking about. That place is a venue. Yeah. That was something else. I don't remember what they call that. Yeah, we yeah. don't know the names of the... The 6th Street was a place of that big weird awning that comes out, it juts oh. out, right at like Mark, between Market and Yeah, and with the colors on it. The colored neon lights. Uh, the rounded colored neon lights. That was neon. the place? Yeah, that, that was that the was place. The, that it was yes. there once, the 6th Street Rendezvous? Yes, we played there. I think it was a different... Okay, if it was, it, it was, was a called something room. else, yeah. It was a different room that we used to play in than that because it went the whole extent... Whatever. Yeah, it had it's like that extra side room or something. I think it was the side room, so it wasn't the room... Whatever. Okay, anyway, well, uh, at this point, we're going anyway, yeah. to go into some Q&A. I hardly here. remember that gig, but whatever. I do now. No, I just didn't think of it as a 6 year on because it was like next door, technically. Whatever. Okay, mm. now we're going to go to... I remember to... that gig ended early, and they kicked us all oh, out of the yeah. room to resell the door. No, a dance yes. club came in afterwards, yeah. and they looked on stage, and there was some band from like the South, from like uh, Santa Clara, some band that people knew about here, like with a thrash metal <laughs> band that started back up again. I can't remember their name. How do you remember this stuff? Man? I remember really well. I remember that because they were like, oh, once again, it's 
nuclear fate or whatever from the South Bay. And always, you know, several people knew about him. There weren't that yeah. many people at the show, but they knew. And the guy got on stage, you know, some parched out guy from way back. And he gets up there, and we knew the dance club that night that started at like 11.30 yeah, or 12. Yeah, there was like a cutoff or something. They're about to cut. They're like, we're going to cut you guys off. And then that guy gets up there right as they started. I remember he gets up and he goes, now we're going to take command. He said that. <laughs> and he started the song, and the power went off in the middle of the song. And this big, huge dude, this big security guy got up on stage and started moving stuff off. And they were like, what the fuck? What are you doing? I was like, hey, you're going to take command. Buddy. Take command. <laughs> he said that. That's and a good name for wow. an album. Oh man, that was okay. that was harsh. Yeah, that was pretty harsh. But everyone, it was it was that guy. It was well, we knew who the promoter was. I'm not gonna name names. Somebody screwed up. <laughs> That's a good name for a band. Take command. Yeah. Or, or no, like an album. Missile Actually. command. That was a Missile. band. Was it really? Yeah, that was uh, Christy from uh, um, uh, uh, Ludacra, and a bunch of friends of hers from the Valley or so, or Vacaville or wherever she's from. I don't hmm. remember. Yeah, that's how I met her. They played a show at Lucifer's Hammer at, 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 at ah. years and years and years at uh, that place. Uh, we should play some Ludicra next week. Yeah, we'll play some Missile Command next week. Play yeah, they're called Missile Command in the front of their cassette tape. This is how long ago this was, 20, 22 years or something ago or whatever. They gave me a, a cassette tape demo, a demo that had the Missile Command logo, you know, the video game. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then yeah. I sent them a bunch of... Uh, stuff and we start like addresses to get underground came pen pals you know, underground famous like new organ is on cassette now yeah available yeah, at slaufeg.com yeah okay so i like the new organic cassette it's pretty oh, it's awesome. awesome it sounds I good to it all the time. i don't listen to anything else it sounds listen, good right i listen to cassettes man. Yeah. yeah we should have an all cassette show wait can we yeah Totally. There you, you have go. A player? You yeah, can... I have a cassette player. Oh, dude, hell yeah. Oh, dude, There's I got all kinds of good tapes. I, mean, yeah, I got all kinds of demo stuff on tape. Okay, we're doing it. I got all yeah. sorts of weird stuff. All cassette shows. Yeah, like weird Rob Preston tapes and stuff. You know, yeah. I can bring in the original Metal Education. Oh, I've got everything on cassette. Like, really crazy. <laughs> so, um, now we're going to slip into some Q&A here. Um, this comes from Facebook. This is from Michael Kate. He says um, he's seen you guys a bunch over the last 20 years, uh, Cleveland, Indianapolis. Um, um, he oh he was one of the he was the number one pussy eater at the oh. at the Dark Lord Beer Festival. Oh, oh no! The Dark Lord Beer Fe- you mean that? that Remember thing we went to Illinois? Went to the oh, Three that, Floyds. Oh, that like meat fed, those the, big meathead guys. The Three Floyds there. Beer Festival. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I said you're the number one. <laughs> Yeah, we got we all got drunk at that festival, and I have an oh, audio. Yeah, incredibly drunk at that festival. Yeah, there was there was trouble at that festival too. Yeah, yeah. Not the band. There was like bad situations going on. People getting drunk all day and doing really stupid shit. I think I'm gonna not listen next time you tell me not to swear. Jeez. <laughs> well, no, I'm just swear. I'm just reading. Just from quote, the, it's a quotation. Uh, quotation. Quote, number one. Yeah. Quotation. Okay, so, so what does he okay. have to say? <laughs> Okay, so he says that he's um, genuinely curious because we are the first band that he introduces friends to when they say, hey, you know, hey, uh, Michael Kate, I'm interested in metal. Can you recommend a band? The one they haven't heard of, yeah. Yeah, and he yeah. says, um, what record do we think should have received more publication? Publication? Or like more, more, more uh, notice, like because obviously, uh, tra- all of them. Traveler and ah. down, down among the dead men and Traveler get a ton of love. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, Atavism was a change, but maintained the epic feel of previous albums, but in two-minute bursts. That's right. Well, that's kind of how I work. In yeah. Two minute Killer bursts. records. You know what I mean? 
Um, that's how I. That's how I roll. You know, two minute burst. It's yeah. Over. So, yeah. which record do you think Not should have gotten anyone. more publicity? What record? More publicity? Is that what you're saying? Of all the records. Other than those three. Yeah, other than those three. Oh, easy, Angelo. You know what it is. Say it. He apparently. All right. Well, no, it's all about Twilight. Yeah, Twilight. Of course, that's by Twilight far the best the soft egg album there ever was. That's yeah. right. That should have. That the second album. Yeah. yeah, it was. It came out and it fell dead born from the presses. It should have been a lot more celebrated. Oh, I see some of this. Stuff. Yeah. Okay. So the next question is, um, he says he's gonna. He's <laughs> gonna oh yeah. So yeah, you don't want to talk about that anymore, do you? Yeah, yeah. He says, Twilight, I, man, that's the one. I've got a son on the way, due in late June, and uh, he says, which song should welcome him into the world? Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> oh I think, God! Well, I think we'll meet again in another world from. Uh, from, from uh, Twilight of the Idols, man. There you go. That's a that's a perfect choice, I think. Yeah, if you imagine that's the first thing you hear coming out of the womb. You might want to the... crawl back in. <sighs> I'm thinking Shadows Good of the Unborn. God Almighty. Maybe. I'm thinking Shadows of the Unborn. I'm thinking we'll meet again. Yeah. What do you think, uh, Angelo? What do I think? Yeah, I, I actually think? like Mike's suggestion. Um, I'm just kind of... Yeah, I... Uh, we'll meet again I don't know. in another world. <laughs> Angelo, tell us tell about? us why you chose this Blue Cheer song um, just a little bit on the just a little bit better on the Phillips double hit series. This is a seven inch forty five number. Yeah, uh, it's actually called Just a Little Bit. They screwed up on that that label just a little bit better. That song is badass. I love this song. I love the guitar playing of this song. I love the energy of the drums. I love the vocals. The mix is crazy. There's all this speaker to speaker phase stuff going back and forth. Um, there's some cool sounding flange on the drums. It's 68 psychedelic heavy energy. And I, I, I really, mouth, really love that. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Watch your yeah. Watch your mouth. By oh, the way. oh oh oh. I'm sorry. I forgot about we that. We know that I'm, you're Monterey's number one pussy eater, but you know we're not allowed to talk about that. Right <laughs> love that vibe, yeah. man. Love that jam. But put on some blue cheese. But just a little bit. I mean, again, I sent those records because we were doing a, a, a guitar hero uh, episode, or I thought we were. But um, yeah, we do that the one. guitar playing of that on that song is just stellar. It's it's Lee Stevens uh, at that point on the second Blue Cheer album, his guitar playing became kind of jazzy and um, kind of country esque in a way, when before yeah. it wasn't. And uh, I think it's really cool. All right, cool. Well, yeah, if you got Lee Stevens on guitar, man, I mean, come on. Blue Cheer, just a little bit.
Was, that was Jeff Brown from Long Island. Iron Rainbow. Iron Rainbow. Yeah, bro. man. You know what? Yeah. That's the first band that I heard about. In the, at least that the, the, you have to admit that name is pretty cheesy, but it sticks with no, you. No, it's great. That's a classic name. Iron Rainbow. I don't know. It's pretty. Like I don't. I don't know about that name. Somebody's got to be Iron Rainbow. Yeah, I don't. Do they? You know, they they were just having fun with the whole thing. No, I know that's that's. They saw cool. they saw the humor and all oh, of it. I know. You know, Tom cool and Jeff them. are very uh, down to earth guys. Chic, yeah. And I I heard about them, like right in the 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 tape trading network, which weirdly absolutely I, I was not involved 
in at all in the 80s and not in the 90s until 96 until we put our first cd out we actually put a cd out. i was like oh I don't want these to be sitting around my bedroom for the next 10 years. I want to actually get these to people who want to hear them. Yeah. And I started getting involved in that tape trading network. That's how I met Angelo, right? But Iron yep. Rainbow is because it's Dennis Gulby from Sentinel Steel. From Sentinel Steel? Sentinel Steel? Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember the name now. Sentinel Steel uh, in New Jersey um, was the first guy to go, hey, I want to buy like a large, you know, like 25 CDs and send it to people in Europe and stuff like that that I ever got a hold of or anything. And I guess started getting all these. Remember the Angelo? Remember the flyers you get in the mail back then? Yes, and of course. So before the internet was happening, you get these big. You get like a tape or something. Before and, we had computers. Yeah, and these giant yeah. envelope full of flyers advertising other demo tapes and CDs that were out and there. You get like fifty flyers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and they, they were all like Iron Rainbow. Iron Rainbow was all over the place. And then the next one I saw was Twisted Tower Dire. And then I right. saw Cold Morning. And then you called me one day. Um, I or you call, or I don't know if you called me, but something happened where we ended up. Something happened. There was letters going back and forth everywhere, but I heard about Iron yeah. Rainbow, and it wasn't until 1999, you know, a few years later, in Germany when we went to Wacken, that I met Jeff Brown. Cool. By, okay. Like passing out on the same floor as him, and not knowing who he was at first, it was like we had been at Wacken <laughs> for three days. We were all totally exhausted. And we were about to go off with Sacred Steel and, and uh, War Dog and Destiny's End to play a bunch of shows. Yeah, we showed up at this guy's house in Hamburg or in, in Itzehoe or something with uh, Rob Preston and you know, with Jim Powell or some one of those guys. One of the, and just Greg and John and I, we hadn't slept at all for like you know a day and a half. So we just got into this person's house. It was right by Hellion Records where all our equipment was stashed. And we yeah, just passed out on the floor. And, of course, those guys went straight to sleep on the floor with, like, backpacks on. And the guy who lived there got home and looked around like, what the hell is all these people doing all over the floor? (laughs) And it was John and Greg was snoring loudly. And this is, like, at, like, you know, like, 2 in the afternoon because we hadn't slept and everybody was just destroyed. Sorry, bro. You got a bad case of sleep. I was awake, of course, because I can't sleep ever, right? So I was sitting there going, what are we going to do? And Jeff Brown was the other guy who was sleeping on the floor. And I didn't know. And he woke up. (laughs) Jeff Brown, bro. You're the guy from Iron Rainbow, you know? And uh, and then we went on to glory, of course. Glory. But uh, what were we gonna say now? What were we gonna play? What was gonna happen? Um, yeah, you know, I said figures says I'm here and you're here and Angela's here. Yeah, we're all here. Yeah. yeah um, I brought in the uh, Hardworlder. I brought in the Hardworlder. Oh, he wants to sign it or something. Uh, this right, is Angela's uh, on here. copy number forty-five of five hundred twenty-five, released on Cruz del Sur Records. I figure. Cool. Uh, as a tribute to Mark Shelton, I figure we'll play a version of our version oh, of Street yeah, Jammer. That's, that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, we gotta re- always remember Mark well, Shelton. We, we, we t- <laughs> Sheldon, Sheldon. We played, uh, we played that a bunch of times. Barcelona, I think we played particularly. I remember, but I mean, we played There's that. There's a video at, of that. Yeah. We, yeah, we played that at um, when it went over really well. Was it that festival we were just talking about down in uh, Ventura? Was it? Boston oh. Fire, yeah. Yeah, that was right when he that, died. Boston Fire. No, yeah. no, it wasn't. Barcelona was, was right when he died. Really? Yeah. It was when we got to got to Ireland and we heard that he had died at, at uh, uh, we got to Ireland two summers ago and the festival was canceled. But we got the hotel anyway. Yes. And then we woke up the next day and Angelo was like Mark Sheldon just died at uh, Headbangers Open. <laughs> yeah, H O A. Yeah, that was a shock. It was like and, and there we were. Remember Jeff was snoring, another Jeff who was snoring. And, and you were like, is he going to wake up? Like, 
And we had nowhere to go. We were just been like, there's no festival now. So we went out to that pub where there, yeah, whatever. And we knew Mark Sheldon had passed away. Yeah. Yeah. By the time we got to Barcelona, they told us, oh, he was here recently. Remember that? Yeah, they had, had pictures. Tunnel the guy, was, sh- all this the guy stuff. was showing me cel- pictures on his yeah, cell phone. Yeah, yeah. Mark Shelton on the same right. stage. Yeah. Yeah. Died a hero's death. No one can say he didn't. Um, hey, man, he yeah. did He did the most, like, know when to fold them kind of stuff because he got, he figured, hey, I'm out of here, and then now we got this whole coronavirus and stuff. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm out. I know. The only reason I can laugh at that is because <laughs> Mark would actually be, have that same attitude. Because he told me before that, like, hey, man, this is my second chance to be a rock star. And, I mean, not and he went exactly, for it, but if it, if it, if it, so what? if this is, if this kills me, I'll, you know, I want to die on the road kind of thing, you know? <laughs> and so, hey, man, hero's death. I'm not glad he's gone, of course, but, I mean, it sucks. Yeah, but he's honorable he discharge. He went out he wanted to, you know? I mean, that's honorable how he discharge. And it, the thing is, for years... When, uh, around that period I was just talking about, when the tape trading network was going on, and we started going to Europe in 99, 2000, all that. Remember 2001 Kalamazoo you were talking about? Yeah. He was there. I met him for the first time. And at that period, he was kind of like, you know, he was kind of like, oh, Manila Road's kind of in the, in the past. And, you know, I'm, I guess he was an accountant, I think. And he was golfing a lot, I think. Uh, all this is rumor, possibly. But he told me, a few things about his life, you know, and he, he he had really mellowed out and sort of, he's like, oh, metal's been dead so long, it'd be nice if it really came back to the point where we could, like, you know, go back out there and really get another chance at this, and I hope that, you know, he said that, and then he did. I mean, he got his second chance, man. Good for him. Absolutely. Rock star, and he did it. No, that's awesome. He did that, it, That's man. fantastic yeah. that happened for him. He had that I opportunity, mean, they got so you know? It's, I couldn't believe it. Well, okay, here's what really shocked me. When... I was, you know, shocked me. Exactly. I was a bartender, you know, as in the mission, as you know. And this is ages later than that initial conversation I had with Mark Sheldon. That was 2001. This is like 2013, 14. You know, over a decade later, these young, like, hipster kids started playing Manila Road on their DJ nights. I mean, just barely, like, 2013, 14, 15. A guy I used to live with, a kid who, uh, rented a room from me uh, who was like 10 years younger than me, you know, kid from Oakland, this skater guy. He's like, oh, you ever heard of these guys? And he puts on an MP3 of Manila Road of, of Lost in Acropolis. I'm like, yes, I've heard of these guys. Like, I know what are you doing Road. listening to this? I thought, that, you know, Manila Road, that's like, that's like Slough or Broke His Helmet, the most obscure thing. All of a sudden, these hipster kids and skater kids were listening to Manila Road, knowing their name, knowing all about them. And I was like, uh. I never thought they would come back to that crowd. And that's when they started really touring again, you know. Anyway, that was really exciting. And remember, we played with them at the uh, at the uh, Parkside, and everyone showed up. All those kids, the whole scene of young people to see Manila Road. I was like, whoa, things have really changed since the '90s, man. Holy totally. God. I remember awesome. Mark Shelton yeah. when I would see him in random places, and he would look at me, and he would he would do this. Um, he would do this weird kind of like impersonation, like he's playing a bass guitar with his fingers. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he would look at me and go, hey. Yeah, yeah. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, that's me, I guess. Well, we saw him in Chicago a couple times at El Warren Power. Well, the last time we saw him was in Baltimore, Maryland, for the for the Maryland Metal Fest. And I saw I was hammered. and I'm sure he was too. 
and I saw him outside. He was talking to somebody. They were there at walking. that? In Baltimore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Addison's and, last show. Yeah. And I, saw, I don't remember that at all. They yeah, played there. Huh? Yeah. I saw We watched when, their whole set. We were too busy slapping Addison. <laughs> I saw him when I was walking outside, and I said, uh, and I looked at him, and I was like, hey, Mark Shelton, what's happening, man? And he did the same thing that he always does, and he, he did his little bass. Yeah, he went, and I was like, yeah, that's me, that's right, you know? And uh, yeah, that was the last time I saw him. Yeah, that was the last time I so, saw yeah, him. So, yeah, so this is uh, the Slapfake version of Street Jam.
was Barger Moon from Kalamazoo Classic Metal Festival. Yeah, that was the, the festival where, we, I, where I met Mark Sheldon for the first time. And uh, that's all about all I got to say about that that uh, version of that song you just heard there. Now, the cool thing about that festival, though, like I said on the Keep It Was Trip there a video, cool thing about it? Yeah, is that all the, all the bands that played at that festival went on to play Keep It True. I thought the cool thing about it is that the, the hookers called our room at like four in the morning. Yeah, that Remember that? <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> so I know Angela's heard this story. He didn't get to be there. Poor guy. Because um, it was John Cobbett <laughs> in, in the band at that time. And uh, we flew the whole way to Kalamazoo, Michigan, played the Classic Metal Festival. And they put all the bands in this hotel. It was a, it was a night's in. Is that Kalamazoo really was, was it? At the State Theater, and um, I mean, remember that it was one of those L-shaped motels. It was, yes. And the whole two stories, two stories, and the whole top story was prostitution ring. Yeah. And like, <laughs> yeah, and there, you remember this story, Angelo? I do. And and it was like the most bizarre because all the the whole first floor was metal bands. All the guys, you know, right. Jim and Hunter was there. October yeah. thirty-one, uh, uh, King King Fowley, all those guys. Um, Destiny's End. Mm, yeah, Road. yeah, yeah, Manila Manila Road, Road, yeah. Manila yeah, yeah. Mark Sheldon was down. It was yeah. next door or something, you know. And everybody was coming by our room in the morning. Vicious Rumors. What? what Vicious Rumors okay. was there. They were all coming by our door. We were, we were. I remember I had my door open. We had our. You know, we had one hotel. John was on the floor. You were on the floor. Greg was in one bed. And Becky and I were in another bed. Oh. My girlfriend came. And Lady Dio was next door. Yes, she was. And John went over there. Yeah. Anyway, and we were, we were, we had. The door open, and all these guys from like Skullview and stuff. And then Mark Sheldon came by, and they're all coming by the door, going, "Oh, hey, what, what, what's going on? Did you get a phone call last night?" And it, the whole top floor <laughs> was this prostitution ring, the black prostitution ring, you know, in Michigan. And um, I, and so that that some of them were talking, some of the girls were talking to us, and they're like, you know, obviously they're looking for business. And I, I don't know if the uh, I remember that it was this Indian-run hotel. This guy, you know. Yeah, they called on the like, phone, the room phone. And I don't know, yeah, I, I don't, if they were like, hey, I got some good business for you. There's a bunch of heavy metal bands coming into town. But at like, we were asleep. At, like, it must have been like 5 a.m. So we didn't go to sleep till like probably 3 yeah, we or something. Yeah, we were up all night. Yeah, and then at like 5.30, I don't know what time it was, the phone rings in the hotel and I pick it up and I hear, hi. I'm like, what? Do you need any female company? And I was like, what? And I was like, oh, uh, <laughs> no, thank you. My girlfriend's next to me in bed. She woke up and told her she thought it was hilarious. All of you were like, what the hell was stuff. that, man? And all these people from all the bands who came by our door were like, I was like, did you get a call? And they, and they were like, what? No. Oh, God. And they forgot. And they were like, oh, yeah. I did get that phone call. What were they trying to do? And no one, you know, the people yeah. who said, oh, I didn't get that at all probably actually took them up on it. Someone had to take them up on it. I'm sure they did. Oh, I'm, sure, I'm sure they made a few bucks. But yeah, <laughs> Kalamazoo, 2001, June of 2001. Yeah, That's the yeah. only known recording of us ever playing that Barger song live. Yeah. yeah, and so that's why I chose to include it. Quite an experience that was. That, that, that was our first uh, show with you, our first out-of-town show with Adrian. Yeah, yeah first. Uh, that was quite an impression uh, that must have made on you. Outer state. Yeah, you had a good time. I mean, we all had a good it was yeah, We went out to the lake, remember? We drove yeah. out with all those people to the, the lake and had the yeah, uh, Slough Beach Michigan. party and all yeah. that. <laughs> You told me to delete that picture of you on Instagram. In my underwear? Yeah, you took a picture <laughs> yeah. of my underwear and put it on Instagram. I did. Uh, right, we had that Joanne and Matt were there and all those people, and we drove first trip with us. Yeah, yeah it was fun. I had a good time. Anyway. Anyways, so uh, now we're going to cool. get back to some Q&A. 
So, um, let's see. Jeff from Facebook says, uh, I have a question about my favorite of your albums, Traveler. Do you imagine Yay. that? Yeah. So, at the conclusion of the story, does Baltech ever manage to reverse the Varger human gene splicing treatment, or does he spend the rest of his life as a hybrid? Well, that guy's paying attention, man. Wait, you guys have been in the band a while, and you were even on the Traveler album. Does Whoa. he? I mean, doesn't it? Is it? Is it? I mean, I don't. Doesn't it? Say, doesn't the album? Shouldn't the album answer that question? I, mean, I I think it does. I think I think he spends the rest of his life as a hybrid biped. Well, yeah, he spends that's what the I rest thought. of the record. Yeah. On some weird planet, singing singing uh, Baltex Lament, you yeah. know, because <laughs> he's out there stuck like a dog man, you know. I mean, I, I think it's Stuff great because like people dork. take this seriously and they actually care about the characters, which is great. But it is the stupidest story I can imagine. <laughs> the guy turns into a space dog and gets exiled to some obscure planet. <laughs> and he's stuck there forever that way. Unless, hey, it hasn't, it, actually, honestly, it hasn't happened yet. It's in the future. The so we don't future. really know. The far future. <laughs> I can't say any, you know, what happened. The far future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. He says he's asking because he wants Baltech to appear in a campaign yeah. that he's running of Classic Traveler as an NPC. Well, that can be, okay, because this is in the future, you don't have to make Varga. Okay, so Baltech, I think people know, or at least we've talked about it on this and I've talked about it in interviews, I made up that name in like eighth grade playing Traveler. It was one of my characters. I said, I'm going to call him Baltech Bal was the name I got. Baltech? Baltech, yeah, because I was going to a Baltech at the time, getting colonoscopy. Baltech University? Bal yeah. Who's your Baltech? Uh, Reginald Rip. Uh, no, um, Jack Ruby. Reg Jack Ruby? Jack Ruby was my Baltech. Jack Ruby? That's the guy who shot uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, Yes, man. he was. Yes, Why he did was. you think? What, what, did he shoot him in the bowels or something? But uh, <laughs> Jack Ruby. <laughs> yeah, Sirhan Sirhan is my... Now, anyway, <laughs> um, so Baltech was the name I found in some weird D&D, &D, you know, Dungeon Master guy thing. Uh, they were Baltech the Warrior. And for me, I thought that was a silly name, so I, I don't know why I came up with Buda Baltech Budapest. I thought it sounded funny. And I had it this grizzled space pirate is what he was. He was one of my characters in Traveler when I, when I, when I was playing. And I remember he had a, like a sh really short, like a shaved head, really short crew cut and wore like a leather jacket. And he was a retired pirate or maybe naval, I don't know, space Navy guy, whatever he was. And uh, he was adventuring in the world doing, doing – and, and some of the campaigns in Traveler were um, – uh, a lot of that game actually was, was uh, focused on – uh, mining asteroids for nickel, iron, stony, or ice. That was, wow. that's, in, that's, in the, that's in the song, you know. Yeah. Uh, and um, and so nothing of that, none of that Varger stuff happened in the adventure. I made that up much later when I wrote the record. Don't ask me why. Well, he also says I thought Vargers were cool, but I don't. I, I don't know why. They're cool. He says that what's up with the abrupt ending of the narrative. Which always felt like a very strong do ex machina. Wait, what? Dex ex machina? Yeah. Wait, I know who that guy is. Let me see that. Let me see that. He says, was that always the ending? Wait, let me see that, man. To the bottom. Deus ex machina. You have no idea where this, have you seen a picture of this guy or know where he's from? No. Because some kid, this has got to be the same guy. Some kid like a million, like 15, 20 years ago came up to me in Portland uh, after a show. 
I think it was a Hammers and Misfortune show, actually. Could be the same guy. And asked me about, why is there a deus ex machina? It had to be the same guy, unless the word spread of the deus ex machina can say. No, I, I think that's probably the same guy. So wait, let me check this out. At the end of narrative, it always feels like a very strong deus ex machina, I, deus ex machina, God on a machine, meaning that it just psychics undid all the professor's misdeeds. Oh, he thinks there's a rush ending. Was that always the ending? Was it necessarily born of album? Oh, I get it. Yes, discuss. Traveler vinyl release. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, Campaign Traveler's book. never going to be oh. rich on vinyl because or, or we don't own the publishing. Book? Well, I don't know. I mean, it was it's very nice. No, I appreciate these questions, and I also appreciate that. What's his name again? Jeff that from Jeff, Facebook. Jeff from, yeah, that Jeff is paying so much attention to this is, is really cool. Uh, but unfortunately, I didn't pay sufficient attention <laughs> when I was writing it to actually... No, uh, it's not a deus ex machina. I mean, it's not like just suddenly it miraculously everything goes back to normal or anything like that. Um, it's more like... I wanted to involve the, Zod the Zodani or the Zodani consulate, which is a very important alien race uh, in Traveler, and they have psychic powers. They have um, psionic abilities. Whoa! So, at the I, it does seem like a rushed ending, I will admit, but that wasn't the idea, and it's not because of album length. It wasn't like there was a bunch of more of the story to tell. It was just... I sort of thought, you know, the the the, the Zodani consulate should be involved in this because they are a very strong force in my memory of traveler adventures, and they are defined by their psionic abilities, their telepathy, and their ability to go into your mind and they can like do weird things in your mind or blow up your mind or whatever. So suddenly they come in at the end because, you know, Professor Ricketts is about to take over the universe with his dogmen by, by. Uh, by uh, releasing the spores in an airborne way. So everybody, they don't have to inject you with it. It doesn't have to be, you know, it's a scary concept for us right now. They can just go out into the air in planets that have an atmosphere and make everybody into hybrid, you know, dogmen, uh, vargers. And so the Zidane Consulate comes in and just goes, Kung! and just, uh, I don't know. I thought it was cute hybrid or something. Biped. Yeah, yeah. Dogmen. <laughs> Canine. Biped. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe he's got a point. Maybe it was a rushed ending, but uh, could have been. There wasn't much meaning to it, other than I mean, seriously, sheer cartoonish advent, fun adventure. You know, <laughs> that's all I was trying to say in that record. There is no philosophical um, undertones or overtones of besides a fear of the future, a fear of technology. Oh my God, what's going to happen with genetics? I always thought genetics are cool. I like Genentech. I like the idea I like of genetic, genetically clo you know, cloning and engineering human beings um, in a way. I mean, it's scary because they can make like, you know, war machine guys who go out there with no fear gene or something. But this is, you know, this is just sort of a fun story. So it looks like Traveler was. My surf me. band uh, played at Genentech many times. Oh, you do like oh corporate gigs, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they corporate gigs. What's that guy's name? The, the CEO. They always had you know? a uh, um, like a Friday night happy hour, like around five or six. Ooh. And they'd have bands play, and they, the whole thing was catered. Yeah, be careful what you and eat and drink there, man. They might have like all sorts of weird. Oh my god, it was so much weird fun. Genetically they altering us, material. Um, I had uh, we we all three of us wore lab coats. I used to have a Genentech. Uh, oh wow. They gave us lab coats and stuff, and we had lab coats and safety goggles. And we oh, were like, yeah, we that's were playing, awesome. We were, yeah, we were surf, playing their happy hours yeah. and stuff. It was cool. Pretty rad. Genentech is great. What's the guy? Do you know the CEO's name? 
man. I saw something on like public TV. I saw some, you know, some, uh, some documentary on it. It was pretty interesting. Yeah, I, like it. I went to their holiday party about <laughs> 10, 15 years ago, and they had Earth, Wind, and Fire playing at their Whoa, holiday well, party. Whoa, well, yeah, they can. These people can awesome. afford oh like. Oh my god, it was so. They can afford amazing. like Elton John at their like you know. Uh, they had Earth, Wind, and Fire. Bar Mitzvah, and or you whatever. Know, you know, know. The, it's it's the ice cream sandwich. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I see them all Earth the time. They had Earth, Wind, and Fire, and during Earth, Wind, and Fire set, they, threw out it's they, it, yeah. they had carts of It's It's oh, coming around. Oh, that's dangerous, man. So everybody's eating man. ice cream sandwiches. I'd be eating like five of those. Yeah, yeah, eating ice cream sandwiches, watching Earth, Wind, and Fire for the holiday party. That sounds awesome. It was amazing. It's Anyways. It's like the shit. I used to get them all the time. Hell, yeah. Speaking of uh, good stuff. Um, Speaking of good stuff. Yeah, I like Ghost, hey, hey. and this is Rats. I like Ghost. Hey. Yes. 
cheap whiskey. Wait, so that, on was, uh, that was Devil's Blood, right? That's a bargain price. Yeah. Uh, Devil's Blood, yeah. We were just talking about how cheap it is to buy whiskey at the grocery store now because they're always having specials because everybody's sitting at home oh, drinking. Fantastic. Very di- no, are there? Are you getting cheaper? Like, are you buying booze for cheap? I'm buying large bottles of booze for high prices. Oh, okay. I haven't noticed that because I don't buy, you know, I go to like Safeway and look in the cheapo thingy there. I don't usually buy booze, but right now everybody's just like, oh, no, no, no. I go to Total Wine and I buy yeah. like the largest bottle of highly rated whiskey or rum or vodka or gin. Yeah. We got some really good Japanese gin. Um, yeah, it's Never really good. Yeah. And I got a bottle of chartreuse. I like Gordon's. I got a bottle of chartreuse, and I've yeah. been mixing the gin and the chartreuse oh with a little God. bit of citrus. Yeah, you like cocktails. I, uh, Man, cocktails. I don't, I don't so good, dude. Oh I just God. like it straight. I stick it in the so freezer good. and then I float. But I got—I don't drink whiskey at home. It's bad to, to get in a habit because then you get this bottle sitting around. You drink it all the time. You know? So funny about the devil's blood, as uh, I was saying earlier, that um, in my, my sideband, Hands of Goro, the uh, yes. couple of times that we actually played out, there was people who had said that I sounded like the guy from Devil's Blood. The guy? Yeah. What no, guy? An, uh, the singer from There's Devil's Blood. There's a girl singing for it's Devil's girl, Blood. Well, whatever. They said I sounded I like that. that. And I was like, yeah. hmm, okay, interesting. I don't hear that at all, but that is interesting. Have you even listened to Hans Agoro? Yes. And I <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> right here in this room and at home, too. Um, and I've listened to Devil's Blood, and it didn't. You know, Devil's Blood that was from their demo. Um, I'm trying to remember which year it was, 2006, seven. I don't know. And it's I like their I like that recording and that that whole demo. Maybe there's five songs on it. Maybe I'm not sure. I like it better than any record they did. The records are cool, but the demo has a certain. You hear that 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 sound they had there was really like yeah, it's like raw. gritty. It's really raw, and um, I like that kind of sound. No, I, Devil's Blood. I, I love. It. I, I don't have any other records. I just have that demo, and I listen to it. I listen to the other ones online a little bit. But I remember we were playing with uh, this last summer we, when we heard the, all those Devil's Blood records. Yeah. In the in the van, Sanhedrin. They were playing it there, and um, they're cool. But the versions are slicked up. You know, I like that gritty version right there. And unfortunately, they're gone, and the guitar player is gone in there. Yeah. You know. But. Man, they were awesome. Anyway, talk about the... And before that, we heard uh, the ghost doing the song Rats off of the uh, prequel record. This is... So we've been playing a lot of uh, weird stuff from Slaufeg lately, and this is uh, Season 1, Episode 7, Slaufeg Radio, and Damien and Mike doing our thing. Makes sense. And right now we've got an interesting uh, track that we're going to do... uh, Mike, tell us, tell us about well, your, your Jimi Hendrix I inspiration. Play, I would play this. I promised I would play this last week, and now I, d- I hope I don't regret it because it's a little bit embarrassing. Um, but then again, a lot of stuff we do is embarrassing, and that never stopped me before. So I put an album out uh, about a dog who takes over the universe, you know, and somehow people liked it. So I don't, I don't you know, all bets are off. Now, this is just us in 97, I believe, in some weird place in, like, Concord or something. Um, very small audience, and we just went into a few covers. One of them was Herbie Hancock's Chameleon. Wait, is that right? Yeah, you yeah. said that last time. And one was, yeah, Chameleon, the name of the song I thought I got wrong. Um, and another one was just Jimi Hendrix's Fire, which we'd never played <laughs> Hendrix before live, but we just did it. 
and it was fun. So I'm just gonna we're just gonna play that for you. And there's a weird interlude in the middle where I started bantering, but whatever. So this has been Imagine uh, that Slawfeg Radio season one episode seven during the coronavirus uh, COVID nineteen. We're trying to um, shelter in place and make sure that we do our best to avoid being a statistic because, oh uh, yeah, none of us want to be a statistic. I think we are statistics, whether we like it or not. Well, we don't want to be statistics. Well, you're a statistician, aren't you? Do you know about these yeah. things? Yeah, here and there, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, there's uh, good ways to be a statistic, too. You could, you know, you could win the lottery. You could... Uh, we could. You could be like Gene Simmons, and I don't know if that would be good. Well, money-wise, it would. You could have sex with like statistically. Uh, I actually, I don't know if that. I don't know, Gene Simmons. I've heard that he is indiscriminate about who he has sex with. I I've just heard this. I don't. I, I don't read know. his book, man. His book is intense. I don't know. I don't think I want to read his book. I love their. I've read I'm all the Kiss books. I don't think I want to read any of their books. I read all the Kiss books. I don't I'm know if I'd find it that. I, I don't. I but don't speaking know. of coronavirus, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm really upset that the library is closed. Oh God, that's killing. No, so if you get all hard. this time off, you can't go to the library. What the hell are you? Yeah, doing? Exactly. like I have all these things I want to read. I'm like, I you know, what movies watch, whatever. Mm-hmm. Can't do it. Luckily, I had a few books out of the library. Beforehand, I know I have a I giant like yeah. eight hundred page book that I'm reading right yeah, now. Yeah, I read Roots and I had that out of the library. <laughs> yeah. and they went, well, I told you that the first. Yeah, that's yeah. Heavy. Yeah, I finished Roots uh, weeks ago. That was nine. Well, man, nine hundred thousand pages. And there's no yeah. uh, late fees right well, now. We can't take it back. Yeah, they no won't take it back because they're worried. If, you know. Yeah, no late fees. So okay, um, next week we're gonna go more metal. Yeah, that, now that, yeah, let's not say that too much because I feel like we're gonna jinx ourselves. You know. But I guess we're going to go more more metal. (laughs) We're not going to get more punk rock than we have already, probably. Although I am going to do one where I play a lot of Black Flag and stuff like that. But uh, I was thinking about how How about like a Henry Rollins themed (laughs) show. Well, I was thinking Roth versus Rollins. I stole that tape. The cassette tape. Yeah. Hey, we're gonna. Uh, Yes, the cassette show. No, we'll do. do Yeah, we'll do that. But um, we'll do more metal next week. Underground metal. I insist. You know, I don't want to hear. Pantera on here or something like no, that. Or, you know, no, 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 no. I want to hear, you know, Iron Sword and Iron Codex and and hey, you know, I, Iron. Wait, War. that's a label, right? Iron Codex. That's not yeah. And uh, Atlantean Codex is the band. That's the band. I want to hear Atlantean yeah, they're Codex. Yeah, really good. I, I want to hear Atlantean Codex too. You they're know, good. some more Iron Rainbow and and uh, and uh, you know that kind of Velcro Nightmare and. All that stuff. <laughs> anyway, um, civilian blowtorch, you know. Civilian. Martha blowtorch. Quinn's greatest hits, you know that kind of stuff. Okay, so this is uh, Slaufeg doing fire. Uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>